Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this fantastic day? I hope wherever you are, you are feeling good. If you're not feeling good, it's okay. We can change that. Put on like your go-to song that lifts you up instantly. Right now, my song of choice is Fia's new, new, new single called Gentle Heart Healing Hand. Now, if that song does not set you into high vibration, I don't know what will, because this song is freaking amazing. Like it just, I just, you just got to hear it. I mean, I can't describe it to you. You just got to hear it. Um, I'm almost tempted to play it for you guys (laughs) a little bit here, but I don't know if that's going to come through on the recording. Um, But you know what? Let's just give it a try for, you know, for fun. Here we go. You hear that? See, I'm telling you. And then and then the beat drops and it's like, what? Um, yeah, yeah. I know. I just stopped it right before the good part. <laughs> but um, I don't know. You just go check it out. It's Fia. She's amazing. She is a Swedish singer um, based in Sweden. And I actually got to hang out with her during my river trip in Utah. Voice of the River was a life-changing experience for all of us, including her. Um, and What's cool is that on her new album that's coming out soon, uh, there's a song on there that she actually taught us. The very seeds of the song were born on the river. And to hear it in its final result for now is pretty, uh, pretty amazing. It's not that song. Uh, The song from the river is called Let Her Teach You, but it has the same very cool vibe. I don't know. You should go check it out. So if you're not feeling fantastic when I started, maybe now it's shifted just a little bit. Okay. So pardon my congestion. I, um, I don't know if this is a cold or allergies. I feel like it's allergies because I'm a little itchy in the throat. So I may be sniffing a little bit. I might be clearing my throat. It's part of being human, right? Okay. So I pulled some cards before I hit record and I was shuffling them and then I laid them out and I was like, hmm, you guys are feeling a little sticky today. They weren't, you know, spreading out evenly in that one whoosh kind of sweep of the hand when I um, spread the cards. 
So I was like, all right, well, whatever, you know, it's a little humid out. We got a tropical storm happening. All right, let's just pull the card anyway. So I pulled the card and um, <laughs> when I pulled the card, another one like falls to the floor. I'm like, okay, I guess it's a two for one today. <laughs> so um, so we got two cards for, for y'all today. The first one is the two of swords. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know the suit of swords for me feels sharp. I mean, it's not called swords for nothing. So uh, when we pulled, when I pulled that one, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But then the second card was the hanged man. So very interesting reading for these cards to come together. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> for the two of swords, we've got a stalemate, a crossroads, making a difficult choice, opposing ideas or options, choosing the best route of action, memory and thought. So you know that feeling of not knowing it's time to make a choice and it may seem like you are between a rock and a hard place. If you can't decide which way to go, it's because you can't see the bigger picture yet. The two swords is whispering that you must move in one direction. Close your eyes and listen to your internal guidance system for your map. If your intuition has fallen unusually silent, it's asking you to trust yourself and your ability to discern and decide. Even in blindness, you already know the best way forward. When you act, the future will reveal itself and will help to move you toward your dream. Have faith that the universe is serving you the right experience. That's always hard because you're like, I just want to get there already. But the universe is like, no, you got to learn a couple things before you get to the 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 destination that you desire. Um, so that way you can better appreciate the result, the destination. Um, at the crossroads of duality, your analysis, I have a story to tell you, by the way, regarding the universe serving you the right experience to get to your destination. Anyway, let me come back to that in a second. At the crossroads of duality, your analysis and overthinking will just get you buried in the quicksand of a million possible endings. So find peace of mind by trusting your judgment. And the mantra here is when blinded by the unknown, I can trust myself to move toward, move toward the light. So this is a really great card to come forward because it really is asking for self-trust. And a lot of us don't have that. A lot of us look externally to others for guidance, for make the decision for me kind of attitude. Um, and it's like, no, you only know what's good for you. And if you stay paralyzed in fear of making the wrong choice, quote unquote, wrong choice, then you're just going to stay stuck, obviously. Right. But can you know and understand that there is no quote unquote wrong choice? There is only information. So take some time to kind of be inside yourself go within and say, all right, what's my next step? Next small step, baby step, right? It doesn't have to be the giant, like what's the next step to the life of my dreams, to the job of my dreams or whatever. Well, let's just say it's the job of your dreams. You're not going to be like, all right, I'm going to go interview with the uh, hiring manager or the recruiter now. No, first you're going to put your resume together. You're going to make sure that it's tailored to the position that you want. You're going to, even before that, you're going to go out and look for the position that you want, right? You're going to go on to LinkedIn, for example, or Indeed or whatever, and start a little search. 
where's my dream job? You know, you don't hop right into the interview. There are steps that get you there. So can you trust yourself to guide you to whatever the next baby step is? That's what this card is, is calling for. Um, it's, it's showing us that we are, we are not making a decision to move. Inertia only creates more inertia. So if you're feeling stuck and you're like, oh man, I don't know what to do, that analysis paralysis, drop it. Just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to take a few deep breaths. I'm going to say, you know what? feels good. I'm going to go this way, even though it doesn't make logical sense. Because often that's what gets in our way. This doesn't seem like the logical step. Don't worry about it. If you're if your intuition, if your heart is saying, no, we need to go left, but your ego brain is like, no, 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 the logical direction is to go right, then you go left. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you now because you don't know what's going to happen when you go left. You don't know the path of that decision that seems to be the illogical direction, the illogical decision. We, we tend to think we know what's going to happen when we take one step forward, two steps forward, three steps forward. We're like, oh yeah, you know what's going to happen if I go in this direction? I know this result's going to happen. You don't know. You don't know. There's a million, infinite, infinite amount of possibilities that happen that we do not see, that we are not aware of. And so we need to just trust that our hearts, our intuition are guiding us in the direction, even if we don't know what's going to happen, even if we don't see the big picture, because we don't see the big picture. So can you just take one step forward out of the inertia that you might be feeling um, and have faith? I want to go back to this part. Have faith that the universe is serving you the right experience. And so I just it's just a little story about when I went to Sedona for a retreat, a one-on-one retreat with one of my, my beloved mentors, Lola Pickett. And um, it was so intense of a journey, literally, because it was in um, at the height of lockdown. It was October 2020. And a lot of people were like, not traveling. Um, but I was like, no, I got to do this. It was just something I felt I had to do, you know? And my attitude was like, if I'm going to get sick or whatever, then that's going to happen. You know, I just, I feel called to complete this journey that I had taken with Lola, this one-on-one work that I've done with her. Um, and this was the time to do it. And so I, you know, book the flight and do all the things. And so <laughs> this was still when I was still living in the marital home and I had an early flight and I had scheduled an Uber or sorry, a Lyft to, to pick me up and drive me to the airport. And the person wasn't around. I was like, they were like, there was no signal that anyone had picked up the ride to drive to, to head over to my place. And so I had to wake up my, my then husband and said, Hey, can you drive me to the airport? And he's like, Oh my God, it's like five o'clock in the morning. I was like, dude, I'm going to be late. I'm going to miss my flight. Let's go. And he's like, okay. So he takes me to the airport. So that was already obstacle. Number one, like I didn't want him to be any part of it, but I had no choice. So there we go. Challenge number one. We go to the airport. He takes me. Um, 
And then challenge number two, it was just one thing after another. I was like very hyper aware of not just COVID, but being a woman, an Asian woman in the height of racial hate. So, you know, I was just hyper aware and on alert. And it was just one thing after another where, you know, there was a, um, a white guy who wasn't wearing his mask. And, and I had to take a connecting flight through Chicago, but there was a white guy who wouldn't wear his mask. And I was like freaking out about it. And I said something to the, um, the employees and, and they were like, we'll see what we can do. And so they made sure that this guy was, um, was wearing his mask, but he heard me say that. And he was like, I'm eating, you know, like he was justifying his, not wearing a mask to eating. Like, and I was like, okay, well, whatever, but you're not eating right now <laughs> and you still don't have it on. Um, and also I was so bent on going on this retreat on this, you know, this completion of this journey that I actually wore a face shield on top of being double, triple masked, um, that I looked totally crazy, but I was like, you know, what? I don't care. Uh, and then, so I arrive in Chicago and, it's like very challenging for me to get to my connecting flight because there were, you know, stairs and moving sidewalks and it wasn't a lot of time. Like I was rushing to make my connecting flight. I'm hot, I'm sweaty. And so I make it <laughs> like just barely. But, um, when I had said something about the white guy and his mask, I felt in danger. My personal safety, I felt was threatened um, because he was a big guy and the way he was just being felt foreboding. But anyway, so I get there and it's, it feels arduous. The whole journey feels arduous. There's one thing after another, small things. It was like, you know, then my bag just got stuck somewhere. I don't even know. Like it was, it was, yeah, I don't want to relive it. But the point is, I finally arrived at the retreat location and I could breathe relief, relax, just like, right. I feel that if I had a smooth experience of flying from New Jersey to Arizona, that maybe I might not have felt the gratitude that I did when I was on retreat. Just saying, just saying. Um, anyway, so that was a side story. I didn't want it to be as long as it was, <laughs> but I have to get to the, um, the other card. So, so two of swords is when blinded by the unknown, I can trust myself to move to the light. So move towards the light and trust your intuition. But then the hangman comes forward, which is number 12 out of the major arcana. So now we're looking at overall life things, right? So the minor arcana is about the daily stuff, like the now, the, the little moments. But now we're looking at the hanged man as our overarching um, eagle's eye, bird's eye view um, of, of our lives. And so here, this card is about surrendering to the will of the cosmos, an intentional pause, reflection, letting go, embracing the new, realigning with your heart and purpose, new wisdom found spiritual teachings, sacrifice, and enlightenment. And now this card complements the two of swords. 
because if we're stuck, right? What I, what did I just say? I just said, go within. And so the hangman is saying, Hey, why don't you pause? Why don't you take a moment and check in with your heart? Is it aligned? Are you in alignment with your purpose, with your calling? And maybe it's something new. You don't know, but so pause and then you will know how to move forward. Okay. So here we go. Flow with it. Divine wisdom spills forth in moments of deep flow. And the hanged man is offering you the chance to look at something from a completely different perspective. When you let go of that thing that's got you stuck, you will make space for new insights and vantages to shift into place. Open your heart to the bigger plan and you will inadvertently tap into a whole new framework from within, oh, from which to see the world. Know that your path and your dream may look unfamiliar to you after you relinquish the need to direct the outcomes. Yeah, this is really important. Our, our sense of control is a total illusion. And so can we trust? Can we allow and see what unfolds? Because we do not see the big picture. We don't see everything. Um, so here we go. Continuing on. Surrender to the will of the cosmos and realign your life with its sacred patterns. The universe already knows which life-altering lesson is the key to your happiness and your higher self has so much wisdom for you when you intentionally pause and listen. So the mantra here is I lean into my inner world of limitless miracles, surrendering to the, to the ah, surrendering to the divine will of the cosmos. Okay. Okay. So what do we, let's recap here. We're stuck, right? And maybe we're stuck in the overthinking and the analysis paralysis. I cannot talk today. This is not a good time to not be able to talk. <laughs> um, so yes, analysis paralysis. And then we just go into this spiral of like, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that? And instead of trying to control the outcome, right? Instead of trying to control the steps we're, we're trying to map things, right? You ever, you ever you've heard, y'all have heard that um, phrase, the best laid plans, right? Never happen. <laughs> that the universe likes to just come in and mess it all up because it's, it's saying, hey, you know what? You think you know how to get there, but actually you don't. Because we forget. We really don't realize that we don't see the big picture. We see, and this is, this is funny, um, a teacher of mine, she, uh, she has a, a new audio course out that I love. And she was talking about the big picture. And she said, you know, what if you looked in a microscope, right? Look through a microscope and you see a big green blob. You're like, I see just a green big blob. Like, what is, the, what is that? Like, I don't even want it. What? And then when you move away from the microscope and you look to see what's under that, you realize it is the teeniest, tiniest, tip of a dollar bill. That my friends is what we see versus what is expansive and possible outside of our physical limited sight out of our five senses. And so can we trust? Can we release? Can we let go and allow for the universe to take care of the how we get to our dreams, how we get to our destination, knowing that we are taken care of. And 
our sense of taken care of doesn't always look like what we imagine it to be. You know, it could be full of hardships. It could be full of challenges. It could be full of moments where you're like, oh God, I just want this to end. This is so hard. This is so painful. This is so challenging. What am I not seeing? What am I overlooking? What am I trying to control? And these are some of the questions to consider when we are going through challenges. And so that is what these cards are sharing with us today. And of course, with all things tarot, it comes at the divine timing, right? The timing of these cards of whatever comes forward is always fitting for whatever the situation is. So really thinking about control, right? Um, and when I, when I thought about recording this episode today, I usually come up, not come up, but I have usually a theme in mind that I'd like to um, address, but usually I let the cards sort of help dictate whether that's going to happen or what direction we go in or whatever. Um, and the, the theme that I had in mind today was people-pleasing. And then these cards come up about control, about trusting your intuition. And I'm like, well, how does that tie in with people pleasing? Well, people pleasing is, well, it's a few things. I mean, primarily it is a nerve, uh, sympathetic nervous system response. It is known as fawning. So when we are in, um, when we perceive a threat to our safety, we the, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in and it's either fight or flight, which is something that most people are familiar with. Then there's freeze and then there's fawn. And so in thinking about the four Fs, right, we've got fight, like you want to fight your way to safety. There's flight. You want to remove yourself from the situation. So you flee, you get the heck out of there. There's freeze, which is, okay, if I don't move, the threat will no longer see me as a target. If I just freeze and pretend I'm not here or play dead, the threat, the predator will go away. They'll be not interested. And then there's fawn, which is the thinking that if I please the threat, if I please the one in power, the predator, whatever it is, then my safety will be assured because I'm, I'm, soothing them. I'm appeasing them. So I'm, I'm quelling their anger, their desire to harm, whatever it is that that vibe of threat will be quelled. If I please, if I do what they say, if I shrink myself, I make myself small. And so this is primarily what people pleasing is perceived as, but also, or I should say, and also there is a level of control that, that we perceive to have in people pleasing. So if I keep myself safe, right, that's the primary function of people pleasing, then I'm also seen as a good person. And if I'm seen as a good person, then I can control the situation to my liking. So let me give you an example. <clears throat> I was talking to somebody the other day who is a musician. She's also a woman. And she was telling me this incident 
regarding somebody that we both know. And this person, this third party, he is a big personality. He's very much a dude bro, you know, like he's like a big white guy who has no regard for anybody else except himself and is oblivious to other people's anything, time, presence, intention, whatever. And so, I, you know, I, I generally just avoid this guy because I don't want to have to, I don't have to interact with him, but I generally just go, yeah, okay, whatever. And so she tells me that she has this gig at a place where he actually is before her. He's running a show, uh, a radio show, and she plays um, keyboards and she's got, you know, a gig to sing and play the keyboards at this place. And he is going over time. And she's like, well, you know, I didn't want to go over, you know, stop him or whatever. I just let him go. And I said, well, did you talk to him? Did you say, hey, you know, I'm supposed to go on at this time? And he, she said, yeah, but he was like, oh, it'd just be a little bit longer. Give me like, you know, another half hour or whatever. And it turns out to be another two hours. And I was like, well, didn't you say anything to him? Like say, hey, listen, the, the 30 minutes is up. I, you know, it's my turn to go. It's time for my show. And he was like, oh, I, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I mean, the little that she told me was basically he ignored her, went on for two extra hours. The people of this place were arguing um, with each other. The owners of this place were arguing with each other where the the woman was arguing on behalf of my friend and the man was arguing on behalf of this dude bro, right? And so <laughs> it was just like, it was so interesting to see how the the gender thing was playing out. And I was thinking to myself, oh, and she didn't go on until... Like, yeah, was it two hours, two and a half hours later? I mean, we're talking like 10 o'clock at night. She didn't go on. She was supposed to go on at 8 p.m. And she didn't go on until 10. At that point, I'd be like, forget it. Like, I'm I'm out of here. I'm not, you know, you, I, my time just got wasted. I don't want to stay here until midnight or whatever it is. Um, and who's here anyway, you know, listening? So I was thinking about her situation and how it's not unfamiliar. It's very common. It's very common for women to move into this people-pleasing mode, right? And so th thinking that uh, thinking about this alongside of this idea of control, it's it's like, okay, well, what would happen if she asserted herself a little bit more? And she said, "Hey, listen, you know, I know that you said a half hour. It's now 45 minutes into it. You need to end now." And then what would happen? You know, the control part is, is she thinking if I fawn, then this person will like me, you know, who, who hijacked her time basically. And maybe, you know, I don't know if he has another connection. Maybe he, if I'm nice to him, there will be other opportunities for me to perform at other venues, for example, or She's people pleasing for the owners of this establishment and saying in her mind, you know, if I just play nice, they'll invite me back. Right. And so there is this scarcity mode 
this, you know, if I, if I do this and sacrifice myself, sacrifice my time, my integrity, my boundaries, then I will get something in return. I'll get another, you know, I'll be invited back to perform here or I'll get a gig at other venues I don't know about yet. And logically, that makes sense, right? I mean, that, that thinking makes sense. But in terms of your well-being, in terms of your spirit and your emotion and just who you are at your essence, that is disrespectful. That does not honor who you are. You're allowing people to just stomp all over you. And when they see that, they will just take advantage of that. They don't respect people who don't hold boundaries. When I say they, I mean a generic they. You know, I mean people in general. Like we we are animals, right? Humans are animals. And there's this instinct of, for lack of a better way of saying it, survival of the fittest, right? And so when there's a weaker member of the community, the quote unquote stronger ones sense that and perceive that weakness and just continue to take advantage of that weakness. And so the people pleasing really isn't serving anyone. How can we take notice of that, first of all, that that's happening, that we are accommodating for others? Can we notice that? Can we ask the question, why am I doing this? Do I hope to get something out of it? Am I trying to be safe or both? And then the other question is, what would happen if I set a boundary? And then this is the future casting, the future projecting that happens. Like if I set a boundary, then this is going to happen. X, Y, Z. They're not going to like me. They're not going to ask me back. This guy is going to hate me and he's going to like blackball me on, you know, the circuit or whatever it is. Um, so here, here are these steps that I'm, that I'm seeing are going to be the result of this action of setting a boundary. Right. But that, again, that is just the microscopic like green blob under the microscope. What if you set your boundary, right? Dude bro gets mad, whatever. But somebody in the audience sees that and says, hey, you know what? I like her because she stood up to that bully. I want to book her for this venue. The person who set, who set that boundary doesn't even know that this other person is in there, in that room. And this opportunity opened up that we didn't see at all because we didn't perceive that. We don't see the whole picture. This is the, this is the, the point I want to drive. We only see a microscopic portion of what's possible, of what's available. I mean, it's infinite. We just got to keep going. I mean, you know, I just... I just keep going with these podcast recordings because I know inevitably someone will hear it and be inspired and learn from it and grow and evolve at the time that's right for them. You know, not that they're choosing that time, but that divine timing allows for this message to travel to the people who need it at the time that they need it. If that makes sense. I truly believe in divine timing and alignment. I mean, I think about 
For example, when Eckhart Tolle came out with The Power of Now, right? I remember that. Oprah was like raving about it, whatever. And I was like, whatever. Like I rolled my eyes. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't need that right now. And then I want to say, I don't even know when that, when that came out. I would say maybe like 10 years later, at least 10 years later, if not longer, it comes across, you know, my radar again. And I was like, hmm, let me check it out. And I am hooked. I like read that book nonstop, eat it up, digest it. And I was like, okay, what else does he have? So then I read The New Earth and I was like, whoa. And those books changed my view of the world. It changed my life. But had I read that 10 years prior when it first came out, I would have been like, "Eh, yeah, whatever. Okay, just some guy spewing some stuff I don't understand, you know? And so we got to trust that the things that we put out there will align with the people who need it at the time that they need it, right? And... I'm trying to think like, I'm trying to circle back. How does this, what does this have to do with control? And oh, right. So control, like if I were to control this podcast, for example, I would be, first of all, I'd be so grippy. I'd be like, okay, this is not a perfect recording. We need to edit it. I need to sound professional, whatever. I don't care because I want to let my listeners know that I am a human being. When you polish things too much, people are like, whoa, you set high standards. They think they need to be that high, you know, and then it ends up being lots of control. And then the divine messages can't come through. We need to relax. We need to trust. We need to allow for things to unfold naturally. When you're looking at a flower, we'll say the rose, you know, because everyone knows what roses are, what they look like. When it's in a bud, are you like, all right, Rose, I'm going to pull your freaking petals open because I want to see you in full bloom right now. No, you don't do that. You allow, you allow for the flower to open up at its own pace in its own time. And as the witness to that, you appreciate it. You see the slow opening. I don't know about you, but I get excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to let my nose inhale the fragrance of that bloomed and opened rose. Oh my God, I love the smell of rose. Rose is the highest frequency. It carries the highest frequency on the planet. Did you know that? Did you know that? I mean, aside from light, you know, that's this, I mean, just the tangible scent of the rose helps to elevate your frequency in an instant I mean, I'm just, just thinking about the smell of roses. I'm already like woo, buzzing, so exciting. But the point is we need to practice self-trust. We need to practice leaning into our intuition. We need to practice releasing control because we don't have the whole picture. We have power over our choices in how we move and how we act in the world, yes. We have choices in how we respond to the external circumstances, to the things that are out of our control. And that is it, my friends. That's it. So I think that if you can take time to breathe, 
deep into the belly to close the eyes and go within. It may not be clear yet what you need to do. It may not be clear yet, but practice over time will help those nudges become a little more distinct. They're only, they're going to be subtle. They're going to be like, I'm going to pull this way or pull that way. You can practice with small things like, do I want coffee or tea? Do I want vanilla or chocolate ice cream? What do I feel like right now? You ever go to a restaurant? You're like, Ooh, you know, so many choices. What do I, let me, let me see what, what flavors are calling to me in my mouth. And that is following your intuition. You ever order something and you're like, Oh, and not because, not because the order, the food was bad. I mean, that's a different story altogether, right? That's a whole nother matter. But I'm talking about like, you know, this restaurant, you know, the food is good and you're deciding between two dishes that you love. You've had both, but you can't decide which one. And you're like, Hmm, let's see it. Do I go with A or B? And then you're like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling A, but B is healthier. So maybe I should go with B cause it's like a salad you know, and I'm trying to be kinder to my body or whatever. So you go with B, right? And then you start eating B and you're not satisfied. And your, your dining mate, you know, whoever's with you at dinner gets A. You're like, can I try A? And then you try and you're like, oh my God, this is so delicious. And then you get mad because you didn't listen to your body. And you're like, I should have ordered A. Dang it. <laughs> so yeah, so it's about listening to your intuition, really tuning that in. Um, it's the, it's about releasing control in the end, you know, and the people pleasing is about setting that boundary with others so that the control can feel the, the release of control can feel a little safer. All right, my friends. Okay. So I hope that made sense. I know I talked a little bit about a lot of things, which tends to happen, but I know that these messages will land with you in the ways that they need to. So to close our episode, I've got um, my favorite anthology, The World I Leave You, Asian American Poets on Faith and Spirit. I love this book so freaking much. Okay. So I, um, again, trying to find one that's not so long. I've got this poem here called Easter Sunday by Shin Yu Pai. Easter Sunday. This morning, my husband shaves the lawn, the grass trimmer choking up before the yard is fully manicured. We keep our shoes on at our neighbor's flat, Mondi and Pascal greetings, traditions we leave behind in Anatoly. At the host's table, someone counts the number of skeptics out at sunrise, clipping the green while overheard from the kitchen. I decided to give up Lent for Lent. Not one to be outdone, the native scribbler shows off her sculpting chops in yellow marshmallow tableau, the memoir of her characters retold through sugar-spun rabbits, a gelatin hostess gift for the vegetarian mistress of the household, indelible, while tomorrow marks the start of Rwandan Genocide Memorial Week. Remembering eight days into April, the poet of Boston's Joy Street, who imagined a new cross in the wind, a communication where we are altered by another's charity, taken aback by the soft push of breath against a cheek. Hmm, what a lovely scene. I think I've read this poem before, but I'm not, you know, 
we just needed to hear it again. I trust that these are the messages that need to come forward at this time. All right, my friends. And so on that note, I will close the episode as I always do. I hope you have a good week and the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.